Welcome to the Apparel Entrepreneurship Podcast. We are your hosts, Anna and Klaus Christensen, founders of Apparel Entrepreneurship, your go-to source for running and growing a successful, meaningful apparel brand. Each episode will give you hands-on tactics and practical strategies about everything apparel entrepreneurship. You'll also hear inspiring conversation with apparel industry experts and entrepreneurs about their tips and journeys in this fast-paced industry. Hi, and welcome to the 71st episode of the Apparel Entrepreneurship Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how to find manufacturers and in particular, to find the best manufacturers for your type of product, for your type of business. We will also talk about what you need before you start contacting and finding manufacturers, what kind of package you will need. And then once you've found the manufacturer, we'll talk about what you need to ask them to figure out the best match. And afterwards, we also will talk about how you will best work with them in order to have a successful, fruitful uh, partnership. But first, we want to mention something. We want to mention our clothing brand launch bootcamp. That's an eight week live supported program for startups. Uh, it's going to be fully supported. We will drop content every week. You will have homework to do. But basically, if you're a startup, if you want to know and learn everything from having an idea to getting your launch, to getting your product launched, then this bootcamp is for you. We have 20 years of experience in this industry. Uh, I started in this industry, what was it, 22 years ago uh, as a designer. Now we also run our own strategy branding and design agency called Designer, where we primarily work with sports and outdoor brands. Uh, we also, as you know, run apparel entrepreneurship where we support you, the startups. Uh, so yeah, the startup Bootcamp is for you if you have an idea and want to get it launched. And it starts now in March, so you can go and sign up on our website, apparelentrepreneurship.com. Now you might be thinking, who are we to sit here and give you advice? What what do we know about manufacturing? <laughs> well, we've worked in the apparel industry for 22 years. Uh, with uh, Personally, I've been at about 150 different manufacturers around the globe. I've seen some phenomenal ones. I've seen some shitty ones. Uh, we also work with, through Designer, our design agency, we work with clients that manufacture uh, products both overseas and local. So we know what manufacturers are looking for in collaboration. We also know what they um, think is important when they onboard new clients. We've been running this since 2007 and we're working daily with manufacturers worldwide. Through apparel entrepreneurship, we have helped hundreds of entrepreneurs start and run their apparel brands and find manufacturers. What do you need to know before contacting your manufacturer? There are a couple of things that you need to figure it out before you start reaching out. First, what do you want to do? What type of brand, what type of business, what type of product do you want to, to make? What What is it? Do you want to make pants? Do you want to make activewear? Do you want to make hoodies? Do you want to make waterproof jackets? What exactly is it that you want to create? Because manufacturers specialize. Uh, so a manufacturer that might mean be making pants might not be making jackets or knitted tops. So you need to know exactly what type of product you want to create. 
And once you find a manufacturer, you need to have a factory-ready package to deliver to them so they can give you the right quote and so you can start working together. And the first thing you need in this package is a tech pack. A tech pack is basically a blueprint of your garment. It's all the instructions needed for the manufacturer to start working on your product to make a prototype and finally a, the final product. And the tech pack is really crucial, actually, because if you send them a shitty tech pack, that's what you're going to get back, a shitty sample. Later, a shitty product. Uh, so making sure that you have really good tech packs, bill of materials with the correct specs before you send this to the manufacturer is crucial to get back a really good sample and to get back a really good product. And the second thing you need after the tech pack is a bill of materials. And that's basically a list of all the components needed to create and make your garment listed. So you have this together with your tech pack. Along with the tech pack, you will also have a measurement list where you specify the measurements for your products. The manufacturer is going to create the samples based on your tech pack, your bill of material, and your measurement list. These are crucial. And the manufacturer will be very interested to know the kind of quantities you want to make your products in. And you're going to hear the term minimum order quantities, MOQ. So that's something you need to know or figure out how many pieces you want to create when you start contacting manufacturers. Many of them have minimum order quantities. So if you have below a certain amount, they will not even start working with you. The minimum order quantity depends on the size of the factory. Some are really small, only have, let's say, 60 sewers, whilst others have 1,800 sewers. And then, of course, to make sure that all the lines are operating opt in an optimized way, they need volumes. While the smaller factory, local factory, they don't have that many sewers, so their optimization in the production is much smaller and they can handle fewer quantities. But also for you, if you have, let's say you're gonna produce 20 styles, the number and the price of this product is not going to be optimized for a good operation. You need higher amounts, uh, minimum quantities, in order to price your products correctly to get the right margin for yourself, to get the right margin later for the, if you're doing wholesale or if you're doing retail. An average amount is about 300. When you're about 300 pieces per style, that's when you can get a more accurate price. So you need to know the quantities you want to make your products in. And then you should have figured out your time schedule. Do you have a deadline? When do you need to have the finished bulk production? Let the manufacturer know this from the start. You should also know that they took the plan their entire production at least a year ahead of time. So don't expect them to call them one day and start producing your garments the next. So start discussing the time schedule early on with the manufacturers so you can plan all the deadlines for the prototypes and also the bulk production. Also in terms of the time schedule, of course, it's good if you can count backwards from the time that you want to launch. Maybe you're like, oh, I'm going to launch when my product is ready. Yeah, but you can, even though you say you have this idea, you can still have an event or a season that you want to launch in. Start looking at that and then reverse engineer from there. Some brands also have an event that they know they really need to launch at at the same time. Some or let's will launch before Christmas because Christmas is the best time. So you need to understand 
understand that l working ahead means also reverse engineering so you know and when to uh, you know how to plan on also to communicate this together with your manufacturer so they can make sure that you have time to actually create the product at its best quality and price for your brand and this period takes time since you need to send them the factory-ready package, they need to create the prototypes when they have the time, send it back to you, you have to comment and fit them and send it back the new instructions and so forth. So there's a hack. If you really are pressed on time, the best thing you can do is to go and visit the factory to create a prototype round once you are there. Then you can hack down the time and you can save weeks, even months. And also what you can do if you're going physically is to bring with you reference samples. This is one of the quickest ways to create a qualitative product and to make sure that both you and the manufacturer have the same reference in, in terms of what it is that you want to achieve for that type of product. The type of seams, the type of construction, the type of hood adjustment, for example, the type of waist adjustment for the pant, the type of pocket solution, all these small details by and also for fit, for example, if you have a garment that you know this is the ace fit that I want to have, bring that with you to the manufacturer so they can look at it, so they can measure it, so they can work the pattern according to your reference sample. Reference samples, you cannot buy enough of reference samples. Uh, we recommend to buy reference samples if you can for almost everything. Like if there's solutions, materials, fit and pattern, of course, uh, but also uh, even details. So you can cut an arm off and say, this is the cuff that I want to have. Please make this. And so everybody's going to be fully clear, 100% on exactly what it is that they're trying to achieve. And to be fully prepared for these discussions with the manufacturers, it's good to have figured out your estimated target price. Have this up your sleeve so you know that you're in the same ballpark as the manufacturer have their prices when they produce your garments. One of the first thoughts that typically pop up when you start looking for manufacturers, should I look for one locally or one overseas or far away in Asia, in the US, Europe, depending on where you're based? And there are some advantages and some disadvantages for all options. But first I wanna mention, why do you want to produce, let's say, in Asia or let's say locally? You need to understand what you want to achieve with your brand first. If you have a brand that represents locally made, that supports local businesses, that is local in general, or let's say if you have the made in US tag, or if you have the made in Europe tag, then of course you can't go and produce your products in Asia. So you need to make sure that you're following the brand, that all the products you're creating are on brand according to your brand standards and what you're trying to achieve, the bigger vision the values that you're bringing to the table with your brand. So let's talk about the advantages of producing locally and let's speak about Europe, Australia, the US. The, the good thing is they can easily visit them. So you have less travel time, less cost when visiting them. And also if you have different, several different manufacturers that you work with, which you typically will have if you have a large collection, it's easier to visit them all. One disadvantage of producing locally then typically is that you have slightly higher manufacturing costs, but you have to remember that if you're a small brand starting out, even if you produce, you just see these lower costs for producing overseas, for example, in Asia, then typically you have to go and visit them and these costs add up. Let's say, what, what does it cost you to go there one week? The travel cost, the time you need to spend there. So when you add these overheads to your cost, then this lower price that you first saw doesn't make as much sense. 
one disadvantage I'm looking for manufacturers locally is it's hard to find a manufacturer specialized in exactly your type of product. Also, local manufacturers tend to have slightly higher prices than overseas, I should say. But this you need to take in consideration when it comes to tolls, shipping, all these other costs that are not included in the cup making trim or in the FOB price that you're getting from the factory. So sometimes it might be equal, actually, when you're calculating everything. Yeah. The advantage of looking overseas is typically that you have lower cost per piece to produce, but also at the same time, you tend to have a higher minimum order quantities when you start producing there. You also have more options when it comes to manufacturers in Asia. One more thing I want to mention when it comes to overseas or when it comes to in general manufacturers that it is good that you try to find manufacturers that can speak, first of all, of course, English, so it's easy to communicate with them. But second, that you understand each other's cultures, or if you don't understand, read up on the culture. So you don't make any, how should I say, so you don't step on someone's toes or make any stupid mistakes that you're not aware of because there's different cultures and there's different ways of behaving and there's different ways of doing things so i strongly recommend that you read up on that particular culture that you're going to work with just do's and don'ts uh culture <laughs> for dummies <laughs> uh, just make sure that you are aware of the general business uh and cultural ways for that part of the world. Yeah, you might want to run things your way, but remember you're actually doing business in their country when you're partnering up with them. And we touched on this earlier, but all manufacturers specialize. So if you have a large collection, you typically have to find several different manufacturers to produce all your styles. And they specialize in terms of fabric, in terms of technique to, or technology or uh, machinery. They specialize in terms of garment type, for example, jackets or, for example, tops or, for example, only knit materials like jersey type of materials, T-shirt and hoodies. Or they specialize in only like Gore-Tex, for example, so waterproof garments. Uh, again, this turns back to what type of product do you want to make? But some manufacturers, even though they say they specialize, they might be working with subcontractors. So let's say you have a collection of 10 styles and you want to, you don't want 10 different manufacturers kind of want to consolidate your manufacturing. And let's say you have an idea, let's only try to find two manufacturers. Then of course you can have a conversation with them and ask, okay, so I'm having all these pants, but also all these shorts are in slightly different material, but is there any possibility for you to make both? If not, would you have a subcontractor that can do this, but that we have only communication with you? So there's ways of, of going about this and trying to consolidate so you don't have too many manufacturers so it's not too spread out. Yeah. So how do you actually find the manufacturers? Remember that there are thousands of manufacturers out there worldwide. So you have to do the preparation work as we've been speaking about. You need to figure out what kind of products you want to make. You need to figure out the kind of pro, pro, you need to figure out the quantities you want to make it in, the target price, do you all your have all your technical documentations ready. 
you want to narrow in on this search. Otherwise, it would be really hard to find one single manufacturer that will suit you. The first option is, as you probably already thought of, just search for it on search engines like Google. Type in your specific criteria for the manufacturer you're looking for. This is not a very targeted search. You don't know anything about the manufacturer popping up. You don't know if it's good or not or just good at SEO. You don't know that. So a better option is to go for references. Do you know anyone in the apparel industry? Do you know anyone running a clothing brand? Ask them for their manufacturers. Do they have any good recommendations for manufacturers to start working with? Also, some, some brands also have the manufacturer listed on their website, most specifically sustainable brands or purpose-driven brands because they have a transparent business operation. They list basically where they make everything, their, their suppliers and also their manufacturers. This is a good way to checking uh, because then you know that you love that brand, you know their products, you love their quality. All right, so where do they make their stuff? It's easy to check. Another thing is, of course, Alibaba. We have personally never worked directly with the manufacturer that we've found on Alibaba. We know many of you do. Uh, so this is an option as well. But of course, then you have to rely on re reviews and also on referrals and references and making sure that they send you samples. But yeah, or certifications that you really do your due diligence with these type of businesses. And also you can look into industry networks. This can be a trade organization in your country handling is, uh, working with manufacturers and clothing brand in the textile industry. They might have lists that you can use. In, in many countries, there are organizations that help national businesses establish overseas. So they have special relationships in other countries. So look at them if they can help you get established. Say they're interested in getting into this specific country. Do they have any list for manufacturers in that country that you can take part of? Yeah, in Sweden, we have Business Sweden. You can contact them and you can help them. Uh, you can ask them to help you look for manufacturers in specific countries. They typically also organize events when you go to a country or they invite manufacturers from other countries to come to our country so you can visit them at a fair. And then, of course, you can go visit fashion and industry fairs. Uh, this is specifically good because then if, let's say, if you're going to a fabric fair like Premier Vision or Performance Days, for example, then you're having fabrics and manufacturers at the same time. And of course, you will need both to produce garments. Uh, so this is a really good, uh, a really good idea. Also, if you're going at fashion fairs, most of the time you see competitor garments and competitor brands. So you can look at what's new, you can look at what quality they have, etc, etc. You can kind of have a good understanding of what's going on in the industry. But at the same event, you also have suppliers and manufacturers. One of these types affairs is for example ispo which is the biggest outdoor and sports fair there is yeah that's really efficient in europe yeah before the pandemic they had 2800 manufacturers and suppliers in at the fair so it's really efficient if you go there for a couple of days just talk to all the manufacturers there you probably will find all your manufacturers that you need one other thing you can do is to ask manufacturers for suppliers and suppliers for manufacturers referrals who do they recommend you have found a really good fabric this is fantastic you're talking to the sales rep great we love this fabric what are your best manufacturers that you're shipping this fabric to 
or who are your best recommendations for this type of garment then you're getting idea they were not going to recommend any bad manufacturers so most of the time it's really good recommendation but remember that you need before they even recommend to you you need to be you perceived as a very professional uh certain steady like for real business and not a, like a hobby type of brand because they will not recommend you if they see that you're not you know for real and you can also go to apparelentrepreneurship.com, both in the tool section and in the membership. We have a list of over 700 manufacturers and suppliers worldwide, and they are categorized into different uh, sections. So you can easily find contact information for these manufacturers. And you also have fashion district associations. They have lists, basically. You just need to call them up and say, this is who I am, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm trying to achieve, what are your recommendations, where can I find this information? And most of the time they have this on their website or they will give it to you when you talk to them or when you go visit at their, their office. Plus, there's other websites that you can go directly to, uh, for example, Foresource or Makers Row in the US or Sketch, for example. These you can check out. They're paid services. You also have Manify or Soport, for example. Uh, so these you can also go check out. Once you found all the manufacturers and created a list of all the ones you want to approach, there are some questions you could ask them to figure out if this will be a good match. The first question you can ask is, do you take on new customers? And do they take on, on your kind of business as a new customer? Some might be reluctant taking on startups, so they will say that right away. Or they just love to work with startups. And this is not just because you figure out if they work with your type of business, but also if they have the time to take on businesses right now. They might be fully booked. Yeah, their capacity is, is full, basically. But what you can do if you're a startup and your quantities are not that high, you can say, okay, I don't actually have a deadline or like a set deadline. What is the lower time period for you? When do you have the lowest? What the when, when do you have the least to do? Can you squeeze me in? So this is something you can discuss with them because uh, they might have really big clients that are occurring and coming back and constantly, but these might be season-based customers. Let's say you're a D2C brand, then you're not really based on season. So they will be able to squeeze you in to produce your garments way before, let's say, and, and finish your garments way before they finish another client's uh, products that are like a season ahead. So if they take on new customers, that's fantastic. Then check if they can make your type of product and if they have the right type of machinery for that. Let's say you wanna make a taped jacket. Then you wanna see that they have a seam sealing machine, for example, so they actually can make that kind of product. And of course, in order to do this, they need to see your tech packs and they need to see your bill of material. They need to understand exactly the details and the intricacy of the product that you're trying to create. We mentioned a good way to find manufacturers is to ask for references. The same thing goes when you found a manufacturer, ask them for their references. Who else are they working with? What other kind of brands? This can be a really good indication for you what kind of quality you will get out of the products. And I want to mention one thing here in terms of quality. 
if you're contacting a big manufacturer and you know they work with big brands then of course they have they must have really high quality because of those brands so they have processes and a complete different type of quality level than if you would go with the smaller manufacturers somewhere then they work with no name brands you don't know whatever brands they are it might pay for you to up the minimum order quantity get buy more products just to get in that factory so you can reach that type of level also this could be a door opener for you for investors for example or also when when in your communication with your customers because you'd be able to say we're in the same manufacturer as i don't know nike or as uh levi's or as michael kors or as whatever brand that you're referring to then ask them can they give you a price example the best way is to give them your tech pack. After that, they can make an analysis and give you a price example. But remember, you will not get an exact price until they made a first prototype. And another thing to remember is what kind of price are they giving you? Is it CMT, cut, make, trim? Or is it FOB, freight on board? It means cut, make, trim. That means just for making the garment, it's not fabric, for example, included. FOB means fabric is included, but not the transportation from them to you. So make sure to know what kind of price are they giving you. And especially if you ask several manufacturers, make sure they have given the same kind of price when you start comparing them. Another thing to check is what type of services do they offer? Can they create the patterns for you? Do they have design support, for example? Do they have packaging? Do they have, what can they actually do in-house? Do they have printing in-house? Or do they have to outsource it, this? Do they have their embroidery machines in-house? What, basically, what can they help you with? A manufacturer that can do most of the things is better because they don't have to outsource. Then if they outsource, then there's longer lead times, etc. There's things that can happen in the transfer transportation and the communication there's like more chefs in the pie in the cooking which you don't want so you want one source that can create everything but of course if they can do the patterns in-house this is fantastic because then they make the patterns the patterns are production optimized for their facility which means that it's a smoother process than if you would go and do the patterns with someone else and then bring them in and then they have to take the, those patterns and then uh, pro production optimize them for their own facility etc it's like a hassle so it's better if they can do more for you we spoke about minimum order quantities. This is the next thing you want to ask about. Do they have any minimum order quantities that you have to consider? What kind of minimums are they talking about? Is it per style, per size, per color? Just ask them about this and see if they're a match. And also, let's say you're a startup and you don't really reach the minimum order quantities. If you're good at explaining your business idea and where you're going and they can see your vision, they might be open to actually start with lower quantities because they want to have you as a long-term client for them. If they have too high minimum order quantities for you and you really want to start working with them, you can ask if they work with surcharges. This is something they typically do. They can make lower quantities, but then they will add a surcharge. And this is not such a bad idea if you're a startup just to get started. You know you will get your products. Yes, you'll get a cut on your margin, but you will get your products out there and you can improve this later on. And besides surcharge, there's one more thing you can ask for. Most brands 
are working with the same seasons. So the manufacturers have the peak at the same time. You can ask them, as Anna mentioned earlier, do they have a low season? Is it possible to produce lower quantities in their low season? For them, it could be good business to fill up their full time schedule. One other thing to think about is, do you, are they super transparent with their terms and conditions? Uh, what are those? Uh, can you sign a contract? You also want a contract from your end that you both agree. We actually have a terms and agreements contract in our membership, uh, a template that you can use with most of the manufacturers. It works fine. But if they are not okay with signing a terms of agreement contract, why not? Uh, what do they agree to instead? What are they? What are the terms for you to make sure that uh, they confirm and that it, you know it's something that they will follow up on? So terms of agreements, it's I think in it's really important that yeah. you nail. Hopefully, not going to use it legally, but it's a good way to find out that you're on the same level and they're in agreement of your terms. One other thing you need to check is how much do they charge for sampling. What does the prototype cost? Some factories taken, which is completely normal, is two to three times FOB price per sample uh, because they there's no guarantee that you will continue making this style with them. If you're a bigger brand and if you, after year after year, you've worked with them, you have a solid relationship, most of the time the samples is included in the production price. Before you get to production, you have to make sure you double check on how much the sampling is actually going to cost you. We mentioned earlier that you need to figure out your time schedule and talk with the manufacturer about this. So ask specifically, when do they have time? Do they have time when you need your garments and when can you fit it into their production? Also make sure that you ask, okay, now I'm going to send you my tech packs. How long will it take before I get my first sample? After my first sample and I take a week, for example, to comment, fit, da, 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 I send it back. How long will it take for the second sample? How long that you're basically discussing and that they have an open conversation with you on the entire time frame. So you know exactly how to plan your time and your team's time. The last question you can ask them is, do they have any certifications? This is especially important if you have a sustainable profile, which we hope you do. See what kind of certifications do they have? This, this means that they have a certain standard when it comes to sustainability and ethics and manufacturing. And also, of course, when they show you proof of the certification, make sure that it has the date on it and that it states on how long it's valid for. Because we've seen many times factories sending certifications and they their due date was three years ago. So yeah, check the dates. <laughs> and remember, let's say they have a specific sustainability certification. Read up on how you can use that on your website, in your marketing, because it's they have the certification, it's not you. So you have to be specific in terms of how you express yourself when using this. Yeah, because with certain certifications, you need to be a member in order to use their logo, to use their taglines, to even say that you are uh, certified or that your products are certified. So this all sounds easy, but we know that many of you find it difficult to get the response you want. Why is this? And basically, why is this hard to get inside? Even if you get a response, why do they say no to you? 
What, what's what's the issue? How can you get in on the, in the manufacturer? And also, how can you make sure that you have a long-lasting partnership? What can you do? Here are a couple of things uh, you can do. First of all, you need to have everything that we've mentioned in order before contacting them, because only then they will know that you mean business, that you're a professional entity. You're not a DIYer that's just checking things out because they don't have time for you. They don't have, because time for them is money. They don't have time to educate you, to answer all your crazy question, even though we say yes, uh, there are no stupid questions. When it comes to manufacturers, they don't have time. They don't have time to educate you. They don't have time to take, you know, answer all the for them basic questions. So make sure you know what you're talking about. You know the lingo, you know the the process, you know exactly what's gonna happen. Many, many of the manufacturers, they get so many requests all the time. So make sure you stand up, make sure you follow up, make sure you have a professional approach and presenting yourself and your business in a way that they, find it interesting to start doing business with you. Ask these questions, hopefully you get some good answers and you'll find some manufacturers that you wanna start working with. We've been in the industry for years and we work daily with manufacturers and clients that work with manufacturers. We see it happens all the time. The partnerships go southways. What can you do to improve the partnership with your manufacturer? There are some things that we see over and over again. Most of the things might seem basic, but we're going to mention them anyway, because if you just think of these things, it's going to be so much easier for you. It's not basic, it's just common sense, but many don't have that, unfortunately. And then they wonder why other companies don't want to work with them. First of all, you have to treat them with respect. They're not there to work for you. You are in the collaboration and the partnership together as equals, 50-50. You don't owe them. They don't owe you anything. You don't boss over them. You don't tell them what to do. You're in the relationship equally. They support you, you support them. That's the, when that's established and when they understand this, then you can actually have a, a, a regular conversation in terms of business because they understand you and they know you and they figure you out on a human type of level. And then it comes to the culture, of course. You have to, yes, take them out for dinner. You have to, yes, when you go, bring gifts to the boss. Bring chocolate to the team. Make sure that you are feeling, you know, welcome and that you are welcoming the relationship and that you are excited to be there. You're not just there to kind of boss around. So build that relationship. And second, you have to let them in on your story. What is it that you're trying to achieve? What is the bigger vision? When they understand this, they can see and plan in their own head because they think they're thinking money and they're thinking uh, time and capacity and they're thinking machinery. So you're telling them, I want to become the next Gymshark. Then for them, it's like, okay, what type of machinery do I need? Okay, then we need this type of investment. Then, okay, what type of investment do you have? So all of a sudden, it's a completely different conversation. Then if you're a moms and pops, little, you know, I want to sell three pair of tights from my garage. It's a completely different game. I'm not saying one is better than the other, but you need to be open and honest with what you're trying to achieve. And then basically, even if you're saying you're having this bigger vision, you have to show how you're going to get to the bigger vision because they need to see your plan so they can support you in the plan. 
because again, they might only have now hundred sewers, but for to achieve your bigger mission in three years, they might have to increase their sell their sewers by double, triple the amount. So they need to, to figure and plan this out together with you. And you mentioned honest. Think of honesty all the time. What are your issues? What are you happy with? What are you not happy with? Let them in on it. What are your plans? How are they changing? How, what, what's happening now, right now? How is that affecting your business? Why is this really relevant to you? Just have an open, honest conversation. They're business partners. And then basically straight up ask them, okay, I know that you're hesitant. Uh, we know that we're a startup or we know that we've only run our business for three years and we're a small business. What can we do? What do we need to prove to you that we are worthy of your partnership? Just again, like show that you want this and show that what can, or there's some, is there something we can improve in our operations to make it easier for you to collaborate with us. So again, be open and flexible with how you can work together. Remember, 50-50 equal, not like this, ever. And think and plan long-term. If you are tough on them and use profanities now, do you think they wanna work with you long-term? No, it's not gonna work in the long run. Treat them in a respectful way, just the same way as you would like to be treated and respected. At the same time we're saying this, yes, business is business. Yes, you should negotiate. Yes, you should kind of like, yes, I'm gonna give you this, be easy on you with this, but then you need to deliver this. This is always something that needs to happen. We're not saying you need to have your guard up ever, but we need to, you need to think and attack this in a business manner. And remember that this is business, it's not personal, and it's business for them as much for you, but at the same time, it's a person that does business with a person. So the human aspect needs to be involved, but remember and have it in the back of your head that it is, you're doing a business. You're not there to win, you know, get a new best friend. Even though this happens in many of our best, dearest friends are from the industry because we've worked with them so so much but at the same time it's business and you have clear expectations of what you want them to deliver to you you need to know what you have to deliver in order for the partnership to work what do you need to give them so they can keep the time schedule so they don't have to wait and it will be delayed because you haven't delivered it so understand what you need to deliver and when you should deliver and actually execute on it another thing is communication uh, we say this all the time, preferably over communicate, preferably create all your tech packs, all your documents, like you would create them for a three-year-old. They should be dumb, dumb, because if you're going overseas, you're working with a manufacturer that doesn't have English as their first language, every single document will be translated for the people that work behind the merchandiser. Everybody needs to understand. So it needs to be extremely clear in all the documents. You need to be extremely clear in your communication, in all your email. Say, okay, please confirm. Da, 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 please confirm. Always get things confirmed. Uh, did, did I, am I clear enough? Do you have any further questions? Is this, don't assume anything ever, never assume anything that anything is clear until they've confirmed it. If you should have one takeaway from this episode, it's remember that it's all about problem solving when it comes to product development. 
It's a roller coaster. Things do not go according to plan, but that's part of the game. Just have those expectations. You're there to solve the problems. Be pragmatic. Work with the manufacturer to have the best outcome, and then everything will be great. And you will have much less stress when working with the manufacturer. I've in 22 years never seen a perfect first sample, for example, because many of our clients, especially startups, they're like, they're receiving the first sample and they're like, what is it not perfect? Well, it never is perfect. There's a, always work to do. Proto one, proto two, proto three, salesman sample, pre-production sample, photo samples. There's always things to perfect. And even when you think that now we've nailed it, there's still going to be things that are not according to plan because some things have fallen between chairs, the cord is too CM too short, or the poly bag is, has the print upside down, or there's always going to be things happening. Shit happens. This is it. This is the industry. This is the expectation. So if you're going to stress over every single thing and be like, oh, but they didn't hear me out. They didn't do this. They should have blamed the blame game stuff. It's not going to happen. Just take away the blame game, breathe a couple of times, and then try to look at it. How can you solve the problem? Always be in problem mode instead of blaming mode. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. I hope you got something out of it. And remember, we don't have any ads in this episode. So if you want to be helpful, please go in and give us that rating and review and share this episode with anyone you think would find it helpful. Thank you.